Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! According to IMDb Trivia, the movie Bulletproof was originally pitched as a project for Ice-T to star. Hello and welcome <laughs> to Little Marty, the only podcast that I'm aware of dedicated to covering the works of Martin Scorsese and Adam Sandler. My name is Eric Halloween. And my name is Jeremy the Butcher. Eric, it's good to be back in the saddle. Back in the saddle, and we are on horses. We are on horses. I'm riding one right now. Giddy up there, yeah. Sally. Yeah. My horse is sleeping, so I'm trying not to, you know, wake him up. But and you're still his on name top is Todd. Of, of it, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you, yes. We, we are the only podcast that records from the top of horses. Right. And it never interferes uh, <laughs> with the audio, which is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Jeremy, you ever ride a horse before? I have ridden a horse. I've actually ridden a horse a, f- a few times in my day. Okay. Um, oh, you're bear- from Texas. Well, right, but I actually, I'm, you're not going to believe this, Eric. I rode them out in California, though. Okay. Like when I was a kid, my parents would take us to like the horse place to ride them on mountain trails and stuff. I have not ridden a single horse in Texas. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, but I'll. Uh, but I don't really remember what riding a horse is like. I at all, almost. And I know, but I know I've done it like several times. Yeah, I. You know, I'd imagine it is uh, fine. It seems like a lot of people do it. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure my it's sister got experience. kicked in the mouth by a horse one time. <laughs> really? Yeah. What'd she do to it? She was walking behind it, and I think she scared it, and the horse re- re- kicked her in the mouth. And somehow, this is crazy, she was uh, having trouble with some of her teeth weren't coming in right, and that horse hit her in the face and knocked her teeth in. So she, the horse fixed her teeth? That's like a bit in a like Simpsons episode or something. I know, but it's true. Huh, all right. So her teeth were like coming out too far and the horse kicked them in basically. No, like they, straightened them out. No, like basically she her teeth were having trouble like they were she was a kid, very like a child. So her big teeth were coming in and they were having trouble like penetrating through her gums and the horse kicked her mouth and it broke her gums open and the, so her teeth came in. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, if you can't <laughs> afford a dentist, you know what to do. Folks, we are talking uh, Scorsese. No, we're talking Sandler. So we're a Martin Scorsese and Sandler podcast. Naturally, we go back and forth discussing uh, the films. And Jeremy, you know, some some of these, you know, crazed lunatics 
that listen to our podcast. And I, you know, I, 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 I've spoken to some of these people through DM on, you know, Twitter, and you can always tweet at us at Hubie Halloween one, each one. And I say this with the most respect and, and admiration possible. Each one is a crazed lunatic in yeah. their own way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you are one of these crazed lunatics, you will love our other podcast in which we cover uh, some of the Sandler films that he doesn't necessarily star in. We're about to t- do an episode on Shakes the Clown. We're about th- we just did an episode on uh, Coneheads, which was a delight. Yeah, that was a that was um, a really fun episode to do. I was very pleased with how that turned out. Yes, great movie, one of my favorites, and. Uh, Jeremy, where would someone go if they wanted to get some a little something extra other than, you know, the normal stuff that we do on this main feed? Well, you would go to patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy, my dear boy. And that's exactly where you would go. You would go there to find all kinds of bonus content that we have created just for you. You, you and by you, I mean paying customers. <laughs> we don't, we don't just do it for you, the average schmo. We we do it for paying customers who, yeah, want to support us and see us thrive. Of which there are many. So you should come those join who that have community. five dollars to spare. Yeah, if you have five dollars, I mean, come on, you might you might as well. So Jeremy, I I have it. I'm having an issue though. I've typed in. You said the URL that you said is not working for me. I typed in Patreon.net/slash Eric and Jeremy, and it's not. No, Eric, you were so close. It's Patreon.com/slash Eric and Jeremy. Okay, right, because we're an organization. Got it. Well, no, it's because no. Uh, <laughs> wow, um, this is harder than yeah, I so- thought. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy, and you know the 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 riffs are Jeremy. I'm trying to keep the riffs going because, to be honest with you, I don't have a lot of good things to say about this movie we're about to talk about. And and it, this is one of those movies that like I don't know that there really is that much to talk about. Bulletproof. We're gonna do. We're gonna go through the various trivia that they have online, which there isn't too much. Mm. Um, and we're gonna talk about our thoughts on the movie and talk about what happens in it. But, um. I don't know. I'm curious to hear your experience with this one, but have you seen this one before? Nope, and I didn't know that it existed. And I feel like that's probably for good reason. Like maybe they tried to bury this movie in a grave somewhere where no one could see it because <laughs> y- you never hear about this in the classic, you know, Sandler verse. It's just not. No, Brought and it's up sandwiched in there between the greats. It is. is. In so fact, uh, next one's Wedding Singer, right? Yes. Yeah, and the, and like so, you go from Happy Gilmore to Wedding Singer with Bulletproof in the middle. Bulletproof is like such an odd man out. I feel like it's uh, this also, if I'm being honest, doesn't totally feel like an Adam Sandler movie. If that makes sense, it feels like no. a, it feels like somebody else. It feels like Ernest Dickerson's movie. And he just got Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans to star in it. Um, but because it also doesn't super feel like a Damon Wayans movie either. You know, like, uh, what am I thinking of? Major Pain. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny. That's a funny movie. When he's telling that story about, like, the war story to that kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Classic. Yeah, dude. It's um, good. 
Yeah, so this is a movie that I, you know, I've known existed. I knew that Bulletproof existed. Um, I, when I was a kid, I had, like, I could even tell just from, like, reading, you know, looking at the VHS and reading what was on the back that I would not, that this was not a good Sandler movie. I don't know what it was. I just had that, like, inkling. I was like, this seems like one that, just isn't for me and it doesn't like none of the other like happy madison people are involved in it so i never got around to watching bulletproof and uh i don't know i probably could have done without watching it to be honest with you but we are on a quest to watch every movie that this guy has done so we had to do it and uh yeah i don't know it's it's so like you said uh directed and uh written no just directed by ernest dickerson who uh, his biggest credits on IMDb, cinematographer for Do the Right Thing. Dude, he's Spike Lee's cinematographer. <laughs> that guy's this guy's like legendary, but not for directing as much. He's more legendary for like the films he's d- shot with Spike. You know, like Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X. He shot. Um. Yeah, uh, I, I, he also directed Juice, which do you know? Do you know Juice, Eric? No. Juice is a is a famous movie because it stars um, Tupac. Okay. Shakur in it. I see yeah. him on the cover there. Yes. Yeah. In fact, that cover is sort of a, a, an iconic video store cover, if that makes sense to you. Mm. Like I saw that. You know, that's one that you'd see at the Blockbuster all the time. Be like, ooh, what's this movie with Tupac in it? Maybe I should watch it. Uh, and from what I understand, it's actually pretty good. Um, but this movie, yeah, this movie is interesting. It's it's such a relic of the '90s, like such a relic of the '90s. This is like yeah. pre Bad Boys kind of comedy action movie. Yeah, I mean they still do these. The thing about this movie is like, I mean, we still get like. Let's see. I'm looking up a Hobbs. No, Hobbs and Shaw is a fast Hobbs and Shaw. Thing. Or what's I'm the Kevin Smith what, one? Like, cop, uh, cop out. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That like we still do these, but the thing with this one is we're like watching. I guess like like a lot of these. I I mean maybe they're like goofing on tropes that are just kind of like outdated, and that doesn't really work for me, but. I don't know. I, I, To be honest with you, I don't think I've ever really gravitated towards action comedies too much. Um, I think a big problem with action comedies is, uh, and MacGruber is an exception to this, is oh, like yeah. the action movies always like inevitably have that third act that's just all like, you know, action. Mm-hmm. And... I just don't think you can like squeeze good comedy out of that part of the movie, you know. It's like, definitely a challenge. I th- I can I can think of a few off the top of my head I really like, like with the Rushmore movies. I'm sorry, Rushmore Rush Hour movies. <laughs> uh, I like um, definitely Hot Fuzz. Uh, you know any Edgar Wright movie, honestly, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, you know The World's End. 
Uh, Pineapple Express. You know, there's like there's like a handful of them that I do like that I think do nail it, do pull it off. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's just it's hard to make this kind of thing maybe super funny or the comedy super pop. I think there were a handful of moments in this. I thought Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans were making me laugh. You know, a couple of bits and uh, Sandler really gets a lot of mileage out of just him yelling. You know, yeah. Like this is the most yelly Sandler I've yes. seen, and um, this is the most like swearing. Yeah, movie. Yeah, Which definitely. You wouldn't like think of this wait, when you think back at all the Ad- goofy Adam Sandler movies, but like, there's not a lot of like swearing. Actually, the one thing that I've always loved about PG thirteen movies mm-hmm. is they. I don't know if it's still this way, but they get like one f bomb. You know what I mean? Right, right. And uh, it was always interesting to hear, like, when they use that, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that something you ever paid attention to with PG-13 movies when you were a kid? Yeah, except the, a lot of them just won't have an F-bomb in them, you know? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely, like... Always delighted in the 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 rare f bomb you'd you'd hear in a PG thirteen movie, uh, you know. But you know, like this is this is a this is a hard R in a lot of ways. Um, definitely very. Uh, yeah, it's very one of those foul. movies that like they like. It seems like the vulgar like uh, dialogue is just there to like be there you know what i mean like it doesn't it's not like funny necessarily it's like some movies just like are vulgar to be vulgar actually shakes the clown which we're going to be talking about in a bonus episode is kind of like this in a way but it's a little i don't know more artfully done or something Ooh, here's a question i do you think maybe you should save it for the patreon to answer actually but i really want to know which movie you think is funnier bulletproof or shakes the clown Oh, I I will say uh, I'm not going to say my answer. You got to okay, sign up for the it, Patreon save to it hear for that. The Patreon, but I will yeah. say that there is one scene out of both of these movies that I actually think is like one of the funniest things I've seen in a while. Okay, cool. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, so bulletproof. Let's pull up some of this IMDb trivia, shall mm-hmm. we? Find out a little bit about. Okay, there we go. James Kahn said of working with the leads, playing the heavy between these two clowns took a lot of serious concentration. That's fun. Uh, he oh, seems like a fun guy. Uh, yeah. So we've talked about James Kahn so far. I, I know him from Misery, so right. he's just always the Misery guy for me. I know him as Sonny Corleone from The Godfather. Um and. Uh, Wait, he is. I just, I'm just double checking. Yes, he is the guy from Misery. Uh, so I only know him as that. And then we watch Rushmore, or no, uh, Bottle Rocket. He's in Bottle Rocket and is just in a completely psychotic role in oh, Bottle yeah. Rocket. Oh, yeah. And then we see him in this movie, and I'm like, damn, James Caan has like a really weird career. Yeah, like dude. He, he's done a lot of weird stuff, and I, I you know. I don't necessarily want to do a podcast series on James Caan, mm-hmm. but how but good would a podcast it would be fun on him called Con Men be? C A A N Men. That would be great. 
It would be great. Yeah, yeah we'll he's do uh, Don't he's steal in, that idea. He's in a film, uh, Michael Mann film, Thief, which is an all-timer for me. All-time great film, yeah. Um, let's see here. Ernest Dickerson was very critical about the movie, saying the word was... Ca- saying the movie was castrated because of the producers. Yeah. What do you think we of this idea? Lot. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that this movie does feel that way a little bit. Like, it, they feel, it feels like they cut it for comedy instead of what I think the movie wants to be, which is, like, a pretty serious, like, cr- kind of almost like crime thriller or drama. Like, the, the relationship between Damon Waynes and Adam Sandler is, like... I don't know. It, it they want. It feel like it wants to be heavier than it is, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Like the. Yeah, cause I, I don't know. Like I, 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 I don't really expect this out of a comedy movie necessarily. But I really didn't care about like these two guys' the relationship. It's actually like. I mean, maybe it was like a little less overdone. Yeah. In, 96 but it's kind of a trite like cop movie oh and and they're uh they treat the audience like they're stupid in this whole movie like they they just beat you over the head with their their relationship and like everything is told to you rather than shown to you so they're just always telling you like you betrayed me you betrayed me it's like it's like okay we (laughs) i get it you shot him in the head he he betrayed you fine (laughs) you know what i mean like like you're you're just saying it over and over again (laughs) you know what would be great for this podcast is if at some point uh i don't know how this would happen if at some point you shot me in the head right and then we like got back together you know years later yeah Um, we should do it just for the for the (laughs) the pod yeah. (laughs) yeah All right. Uh, when Damon Wayans hosted SNL in uh, 1994, Sandler had an idea to do an action movie together. A year later, he sent Wayans the script for the film. It's kind of interesting that this is like kind of Sandler started the whole. Yeah, it's also weird that whole an, train rolling. Another one of these trivia's is that it was originally pitched to Ice T to star. So what you said in the opening, which is like, wait a minute. <laughs> So I got to imagine this is one of those things where like the script had been yeah, rolling around. Hold on a second. Who wrote this thing again? Uh, Joe? <laughs> Just stop there. Just Joe. Yeah. Joe Gayton. Joe Gayton and Lewis Colick. Writer for Faster, Sweet Jane, Hell on Wheels. Uh, haven't heard of any any of this stuff. These all sound like action movies, though. Um, let's see here. Kristen Wilson later appeared on an episode of My Wife and Kids with Damon Wayans. Okay. This is the kind of caliber. <laughs> all right. Caliber uh, trivia we're getting out of this. So, Jeremy, I don't really care about this stuff. What do you say <laughs> we just talk about yeah. the plot? Yeah, we should talk about it. Okay. 96 this came out by the way um, right and that is interesting <laughs> you know what the one thing this movie has going for it? it's short 
Yeah, this movie is uh, it's a good comedy movie length. I yeah, think. it's just uh, I think it's just under an hour and a half. Yes. Actually, you know what? Before we get into the plot, let's hear... Uh, this is a little quote from Ernest Dickerson, uh, sort of a, a retrospective quote. You know, years later, he said, There's a movie I did a couple years ago called Bulletproof. I'd like to just erase the whole experience. You know, I'm proud of a lot of the films I've done, but there's some situations that happen that, in retrospect, maybe I could have handled them a little differently if I had a little smart, been a little smarter about it. But that's just second-guessing. That's kind of a so, sad quote. Yeah. And then uh, box office, it made $22.6 million. I Do you feel like the budget for this was more than that? I feel like it had to be, right? I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. Um, budget. Budget was 20, $25 million. Yeah. So, yeah, it made like $1 million. Or lost. It lost a three million. Oh. Yeah, it lost three million. Uh okay here. Let's see. Archie Moses is a small time thief in LA who smuggles drugs for drug lord Frank Colton, who launders his drug money through a car dealership. Uh Moses is unaware that his best friend Rock Keats is actually LAPD undercover cop Jack Carter, who has befriended him only to infiltrate Colton's gang. So Yeah, so this movie starts out, I would say, pretty foul right away. Pretty, like, pretty aggressive, pretty, like, pretty pretty rated R. <laughs> yeah, you know what it, I mean? Pretty offensive. We're, like, making fun of, you know, yeah. mentally challenged people and... That is that is of course the f- yeah the first thing you kind of notice is yeah. yeah there's this whole bit they have about Adam Sandler being um the R word which yeah. I was like you know I was like okay we're in the 90s I kind of get it but then they keep kind of doing jokes about it like they keep kind of making that that same kind of joke which I was like, yeah, wow. they do callbacks to it, and it's uh, yeah, they do, yeah, they do a few callbacks to it, yeah. So that is an age super great. Um, but I don't know what uh, I'm like. Literally, like nothing memorable is coming to mind <laughs> to me. Yeah, it starts out pretty beginning. standard. Like you know, the guy, uh, Damon Wayne's is. And, and Adam Sandler are like kind of palling around and they steal a car at one point and then they, they do this joke where they like pull up to a cop and ask him for directions to Disneyland and yeah. then uh, and then sort of like I guess about 10 minutes into the movie you get to like the the full the real beginning which is like Damon Wayne's character he uh, he goes back to the the police department and it's revealed that he's actually a cop which is yep yeah sort of the what spins everything in motion uh carter has moses include him in colton's next drug shipment secretly planning to arrest colton and take in moses whom he has come to care about unharmed 
Uh, Carter's undercover status is revealed before he can enact his plan, however, and a hurt Moses pulls a gun on him during the raid on Colton's warehouse. An out-of-control crane hits Moses in the back, causing him to accidentally shoot Carter in the head. Moses then flees the state and is subsequently found and arrested. Hmm. Yeah, which is a pretty weird... <laughs> yeah, the like, crane thing is was came out of nowhere. But, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Like, it, also, like, the... I wish they made the violence silly. Oh, sure. Like, the violence isn't silly in this. It's like it's action not, movie. It's not really a comedy. Though. I mean, like, again, or, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they wanted this to be more of a comedy, and then the producers made it be plotty or something. Because it's like it can't commit to one vibe, you know? Because at times it's, like, really stupid. Like, very like all the stuff that is going to be in the hotel here in a minute is like really yeah. stupid comedy but then like uh, yeah this is all like super serious you know freaking batman stuff <laughs> man could you imagine making something just really stupid yeah it'd be awesome yeah um too bad i'll never do it no. uh carter miraculously survives Again, and makes a full recovery with the with the aid of his physical therapist, Doctor Tracy Flynn, with whom he falls in love. This was kind of like okay, mm-hmm. uh, we're just gonna ha- throw in a like falling in love with a physical therapist situation. Is this a common thing that happens in real life? I feel like I've seen a couple uh, movies recently where people fall in love with their physical therapists. Yeah, I don't think this happens in real life a lot. <laughs> okay. I gotta imagine. Yeah. Like, I don't think that, like, the uh, the situation of, like, one person being in immense physical pain and relearning <laughs> how to, like, function normally <laughs> versus, like, a person who's being... What like a lo- with the help of someone who's being paid to help them? I don't think that that is necessarily like a uh, what's it, like a recipe for love. But I right. could be wrong. Right. I am single. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Moses is brought into custody and he agrees to testify against Colton. But the trial is set to take place at the other side of the country. Carter's superior officer, Captain Jensen, orders him to personally transfer Moses. To the courtroom. Um, yeah, I don't get any of this stuff. Um, I don't know. Any thoughts? No, 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 no. Nothing, nothing here. I mean, this is... Yeah. Yeah. Wait, uh, I, Carter... So he testified that the trial set to take place on the other side of the country. Carter, Superior, Kevin... Yeah. This is so such a this is so like movie baloney of like yeah, i know <laughs> they would just put him on a plane and fly him over there they wouldn't have him they wouldn't have him drive and they definitely wouldn't have him drive be driven by his like the guy who infiltrated his like operation you right. know what i mean like that that's crazy yeah uh yeah, this is like after you shoot me. Yeah. Then, during, you know, yeah. that incident that we talked about mm-hmm. and then you have to drive me to 
guitar center to get a new microphone for our podcast. Exactly. Yeah. And and I'm ordered by Mark Marin to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um Carter harbors resentment against Moses and tensions escalate once the simple transfer goes awry. Colton learns through bribed federal agents and LAPD officers of Moses' attempt to testify against him as they flee from Colton's men. Carter and Moses slowly mend their friendship and are successful in returning to Carter's precinct. Uh, however, Colton apparently holds Flynn hostage and blackmails Carter into turning Moses in order to see Flynn. I like how they throw in apparently in the Wikipedia, like, <laughs> yeah. just to give it away completely yeah. what's happening. So in the middle of this, there's this big hotel scene that's... Yeah pretty transphobic or at least homophobic it's you know okay so this is an unfortunate thing about sandler's whole movie history is that uh, he's pretty he really walks a fine line of being kind of transphobic with like a lot of his jokes just being like men dressed as women and we'll definitely get into a lot of that in shakes the clown which is you know not one of his movies but he was in it uh i it's sort of, this is, this whole sequence is really cringy. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like the guy who's like running the hotel is clearly like lonely and maybe yes. a closeted gay guy, but he's married to a woman who looks like him just in a women's makeup. Yeah. Like the whole joke is the, just the idea that two people might, you know, prefer someone of the same gender. Like yeah the whole jo- and they just keep hitting it like that's the whole you know bit of the of that every time they're at you know, every scene at that location like we you know we get the thing in the where he like catches them you know in the shower or whatever in the hotel the motel room yeah uh, thing or whatever uh yeah it's 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 uh it's not great yeah, it's just and it's it's just like like you said they keep hitting it, like as if it's the funniest thing in the world or something. But it's just like ooh, it's just not really, and it and it's and it and and also just like the the what Sandler actually has to say in this is not is not that funny either. Like all of his like jokes, his like riffs and stuff. Um, are just not like that clever, and yeah, and then they and then it's kind of like a little bit of a planes, trains, and automobiles vibe. Yeah, but like this is the kind of stuff that makes me like not take this movie seriously at all. Where it's like, like I know that it's uh, like this is the kind of stuff that makes me think, oh, this should just be like a full on silly comedy, which it seems like, like you said, it like doesn't understand, doesn't know what it wants to be. Whereas I think, like, they were, like, leaning too heavily on the action stuff. And, like, neither of these two guys, Damon Wayans or Sandler, are, like, fully cutting loose. Like, I don't think either of these performances are funny. And I think it's because they're, like, not approaching it as, like, a comedy enough. Yes, I I completely agree. Because those two guys together, like, the idea of those two guys together is funny. Oh like, yeah, they they should be. This should I, on paper. This should be like a really silly movie. But it's I agree with you. On paper, this this is. To be honest, I was actually excited about watching it 
Because I was like, because the cast, you know. Um. So anyway, Carter and Moses pretend to comply with Colton and shoot their way through Colton's guards. It is later revealed that Flynn is on Colton's, Colton's payroll and is responsible for leaking Carter's and Moses' whereabouts to Colton. Uh, Moses takes a bullet in the shoulder to save Carter's life, giving Carter time enough to arrest Flynn. Moses then shoots Colton dead. Moses gives the incriminating documents on Colton to Carter, who allows him to escape. Moses heads to Mexico. That's a good mm. title for a uh, another song. film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or yeah, or a film uh, to become a Moses heads to Mexico. Sounds like a um, <laughs> Steely Dan song. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to become a bullfighter. Oh, I forget that he's like really wants to be a bullfighter bull for some reason. But the, does it? Does do they mention this before, or does it just come out of nowhere at the end? No, he mentions it. He mentions oh, okay. it before. Okay. Um, to become a bullfighter uh, with Carter and Moses' mother later accompanying him. And then I guess the bit is at the end is like, man, this is like such a weak ending. Mm-hmm. Is he like goes to Mexico and is a bullfighter and then realizes that like women there don't like yeah. bullfighters? Yeah. And then the men there are upset with him for hitting on the women. <laughs> yeah. And then they think that they're maybe going to fight those guys with the help of the dog. <laughs> right. Yeah, Sandler is also mean to a dog in this movie, right? Hey, well, that actually is pretty funny, where he like holds yeah. up a gun to a dog instead, <laughs> like <laughs> as hostage. He's like, I'll blow this dog's head off. And he's like, you love animals. He's like, no, I don't. I hate dogs. He's like, <laughs> clearly loves the dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know. This might be our shortest episode of all time. I hey, mean, man, I don't mind what is that. There to, what is there to say? I don't want to just, like, fill time here. No. Uh, well, I, we could I mean, talk about what other more things that, more reasons why this, what <laughs> makes this movie weak? Um, oh, my gosh, Eric. There's a direct video sequel, Bulletproof 2, and it was released January 2020. Who's in it? It's freaking... Faison Love and Kirk Fox. So Sam, ne- neither Damon Wayans or Sandler are in it. No. No. That sounds. That sounds. That sounds bad enough for us to like. Maybe that you know. Don't even. I might cut this out so Brian doesn't add it to his list of <laughs> <laughs> movies that he's got. Dude. Make oh us my watch. god! Is it weird that I kind of want to see this? Um, Bulletproof. I I think for me, and this is sort of like my wrap up thoughts about about Bulletproof. I I don't um. This is a movie without an identity, for real. Like this is like what happens when you don't have a when you don't have a vision or your vision is taken away from you. So I'm gonna kind of give you know Ernest Dickerson credit here. Maybe maybe he's not talking out of school. Maybe. This film really, there is a cut of this film that really works and is really fun and unique, but this is like, you know, you're kind of just using every kind of trope or device or like, you know, you're going with your first draft jokes instead of 
you know, your third or fourth draft of the same joke. You know, it, it's like going through the motions, the movie. It's like it doesn't do anything that wrong. At the same time, it doesn't do anything really exceptional. It's not funny enough to be a comedy. The action's not good enough to be a good action movie. You know, I think Rush Hour is a really good template for, like, an action comedy of, like, Jackie Chan is the most amazing, you know, action performer alive. (laughs) And his rapport with Chris Tucker really works. And it creates, there's a lot of very funny fish out of water stuff in that movie and, and a lot of funny comedy from Chris Tucker. I, this is like, they just like, like you said, they kind of just seems like they clipped, clipped their wings. Didn't let them really be them. You know, Damon Wayans is so boring in this movie and he's not a boring comedian. No, he's good. He, He's great, but in this, he's just a boring guy. And he he's not that good of a guy either, you know? And maybe that's part of the point of the film. But, yeah, I- I- anyways, uh, I give this film a, a, a one. <laughs> nah, I give it a one. Ooh. Yeah, I'll give it a 1.25. I, it's a little better to me than Boxcar Bertha and Going Overboard. Like, it, honestly, if you were to ask me what I'd rather watch again right now, I'd probably pick Bulletproof over Going Overboard or Boxcar Bertha. Um, but I, 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 but only by barely. Not. And and you could even probably talk me out of it. <laughs> Wait, so you gave it a one point two five two five? Okay. Yeah. One point two five, and that's out of two. Then that is out of one point five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, we we rate if this is your first episode, which mm-hmm. weird choice. Yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> We rate movies on a uh, Chucky Freckle scale. Don't don't even ask why. Uh, and we we go out of four Chucky Freckles. Um, yeah, I think you're onto something. I think maybe um, if we're gonna do like two genres at once, let's have the leads. One of the leads be an action star. I think that maybe that's mm-hmm. a good recipe to follow with the you know with Rushmore or uh, Rush Hour. Um, I also think, you know, uh, Jason Schwartzman should be in this movie. I think yeah. he should be, uh, you know, <laughs> tricking a, a, a grown woman into kissing him. <laughs> into loving him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, this movie, you know, the, like I said, they still make these. They still do this. Um, it's kind of one of those movies that like, you can just, I mean, it's just one of those movies that kind of comes and goes, right? Mm. I mean, movies come out all the time, especially before the pandemic. I mean, there's just like a bunch of new movies and they come and go. And this movie was probably in theaters for like one week and then it left and everyone forgot about it. And, you know, I sometimes movies, those kinds of movies, uh, like Wanderlust comes to mind is a movie that was you know, in theaters, in my, in my memory, for like one week, and then it was gone. And I was like, damn, that movie is really funny. 
and yeah, I wish that, more people that deserved went to better. See that movie. Yeah, <laughs> this movie, I see why you know it, it didn't do that well at the box office. Lost money. It's just not that good. I will say one thing that I like about this in terms of Sandler's career is it seems like he went from doing you know the Happy Madison stuff where he's like making movies with his buddies to like now he's you know an SNL alum he can like he has the power to like send a script to Damon Wayans and get something made um and do something different and then he after this goes back to doing the Happy Madison stuff so i think that you know maybe it's a valuable experience for him in his I career, wonder but. if you're right i wonder if he, i wonder if this was an experience that he ended up you know, seeing the results of this and being like, nah, you know what? I'm just better off when I'm in control, when I have, when I pick my people, you know? Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame him, especially seeing the success of a Billy Madison or a happy Gilmore. And then kind of seeing this movie lose money. And then, you know, you got to start to worry about your career a little bit. Like, did I make a huge mistake? Uh, you know, back back in the '90s, from what I understand, uh, at least just from you know pop culture and you know following entertainment news, is that you know one a film could really make or break you. You know, like if you if you uh, were in too many stinkers, they you know you you, you ran the risk of not being greenlit anymore to make stuff. So. You know, yeah. I feel like that's that that that, that might have played a part into why you know Sandler kind of just does his own thing. You know, he does what works for him. He knows what works, and then kind of just like you know makes exceptions whenever there's a uh, a Paul Thomas Anderson comes knocking at his door. You know, yeah. Who's that knocking on Sandler's door? <laughs> Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, nothing really. I don't think I laughed at this movie. I don't think, Uh, I can't think of anything that I thought was funny. Is there any like memorable lines or anything for you? No, I mean, I did like the whole, like, Hey, you finally took a bullet for me. He's like, ah, it's nothing. He's like, no, what do you mean? It's crazy. He's like, yeah, you're right. It's actually pretty crazy that I did this. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, that's a funny line. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I there's stuff about Sandler's performance. If I'm being honest, I kind of do like. Like, I kind of like an understated Sandler. Like, even though he's a very yelly man in this and very foul, there's parts of his performances that are very like subdued and subtle. And you can kind of tell, like, from watching this movie, he's he's got he's very talented. Um. In, in this kind of dramatic way, which is not something you could have easily told from the happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. So I think, you know, that, that I kind of appreciate. I don't know. Is there anything in this movie you enjoyed or appreciated or even want to talk about? Cause we could just go, man. It could, we could nah. just be done. I'm done. I give this movie a, um, Let's see. One is the lowest. I think one should be the lowest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Man, you've given out like three ones so far. Um, I haven't given any out yet. It's definitely 
Oh, I gave a going overboard one out of four. I'm going to yeah. give this movie a one out of four. Hmm. I'm going to bump my going overboard score <laughs> up to 1.25 out of four. Okay, great. So, yeah. Because I feel... do think I appreciate going overboard a little bit more than this movie. Yeah. Even though I think that movie's not very good. Right. Um. So, yeah. So, next week, uh, what have we gotten to Taxi Driver? Is that what we're doing next? Next week is Taxi Driver. Crazy. That's crazy, dude. We're moving right along. Yes, we're moving right along, just like that song from the Muppet movie uh, that's still stuck in my head. Uh, right. From when we covered it a month and a half ago. But it's crazy that we got to Taxi Driver, but actually, like, in some ways, Taxi Driver is like the beginning. You know what I mean? I, I like think we're so, only too. only getting started. I know. We really are only getting started. Man, we've got a long way to go. <laughs> We're going to be talking about, uh, by the time, not, neither of us are going to have teeth by the time we're talking about Aviator. No, because I'll have pulled all mine out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're, the bullet from you shooting me will have... Mm-hmm. Destroyed yeah. your teeth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have to get a horse to kick him back in. I'm just trying to do a callback there. <laughs> didn't work too well uh jeremy uh what's the patreon again patreon.com slash eric and jeremy uh, go there uh, this week we have a riveting episode on the uh bobcat goldthwaite uh, masterpiece shakes the clown yes and uh follow us on twitter at hubie halloween one mm-hmm. um you know y- y- you follow us you get up you know Somewhere around four posts a week or something, <laughs> something like that. Whatever we get around to. Uh, but we we love to hear from you, and uh, the DMs are always open, of course, for suggestions. Uh, Jeremy, anything uh, you want to plug, personally, professionally? No way, man. No way. All right, Norma. I'll see you in my dreams. Mm-hmm.